Welcome to Relentless Truth with John Warren, the podcast that extracts truth from a wide range of topics, revealing who God is, who we are, and how we relate to each other. Now, here's John with this week's powerful and practical insights. Welcome to Relentless Truth. I'm John Warren. It's good to be with you again. Please like, share, review, and subscribe to Relentless Truth. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Please also go to our website, johnwarrenmedia.com, for more information about our work. And you can send along a contact uh, comment there on our contact form or email me at john at johnwarrenmedia.com. I enjoy hearing from you and uh, appreciate this audience very much. We uh, we continue to have very good numbers of listeners and uh while it's not really about that, uh, since we really don't have external sponsors, it is encouraging to see that you're there and to hear from you from time to time. Uh, so I, I hope uh, our uh, recent episodes are helpful to you. Today, we are, we're going to venture someplace that makes me slightly uncomfortable, and that is we're going to talk politics a little bit. And uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to still talk about truth today about absolute truth, but I want to just touch on on a couple of things that are, uh, I think, important to our our country right now. It's a, it's it, you know, it's kind of a confusing time at the moment. I'm recording this. The first Republican debate has happened, and and there there was a, a CNN poll. I think it's CNN. Pretty sure uh, just released that shows. A number of those candidates on that debate stage uh, would would defeat President Biden head to head in an election. Even Nikki Haley would do so. Now, I I I don't I, you know some some were in within the margin of error. She was just outside of it. So if you if you believe they they did the the modeling correctly, then then she she would actually win. If the sample size was sufficient, and so on, and I, I assume some integrity in those things, I guess. Uh, so, so uh, perhaps there's there's something going on here. President Biden has had a couple things going on. A, a number of gaffes, you may have noted. He uh, he awarded the Medal of Honor to a to a, a Vietnam veteran, and uh, and and left kind of strangely down the center aisle taking his mask off. He has, he has discussed masking and forgotten his mask a few times. Um, and, uh, you know, throughout his presidency, he's had a, a number of gaffes and there, there, there are some polls out there about, um, his age and Donald Trump's age and, and, and generally, uh, you know, the, the majority, the vast majority of Americans believe they're both too old to serve as president. Now there's, there's talk about uh, co- cognitive tests, and if you're in uh, the, uh, healthcare, uh, if you're a physician or nurse or, or or some other provider, healthcare provider, you you know that there there are cognition tests that can be given to, in, in particular, I mean, any in any number of cases where where that becomes important, where a person's ability to think and reason and make decisions for themselves 
is important. You, you know, there, there are some kind of standard tests. There's some standard testing that can be done. And, and really most of the, the patients don't know that that's what's going on. It's not like you sit down at a desk and take a test. It's a, it's a, it's just a, it's conversation sometimes. And, uh, I, I, I know nothing about it and how it works exactly, but I know, I, I know of a couple of instances where, where such a thing has been ad- administered. And so there's all this talk about, you know, do we do some kind of cognitive tests for presidential candidates who are over a certain age? And there's this, there's this debate going on ab- about that. And do, do we, are, are we shredding the constitution if we do so? And, and I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm conflicted on this. I, I think we don't do it. Uh, I think we let the voters decide because of a test bias and, 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 you know, just the use of that instrument, a lot, a lot of ideas sound good in the, in the test tube in the lab, but they, you know, when you try to roll them out, they're, they're fraught with risk, you know, who's, Who's administering the test, and who's 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 doing the t- new designing the test, and and is does it have biases, and can is it one of those tests where you have to interpret the results, and can you can can one person see see a cat in the picture, and the other sees a man? I mean, yeah, there or it, it, you've seen these things on the internet, and you know that sometimes interpretation is is very important and is subjective, so. We we have to be careful with with all of that. I think now Mitch McConnell, the the head of the Senate, the uh, Republican leader of the Senate, I should say, has uh, uh, curiously frozen in place uh, during during speeches or press conferences a few times recently, and he's just announced now that he's. I mean, he didn't say I'm fine, but he said, you know, I'm I'm good to go, and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna finish out my term. And and if you if you see those things it's kind of to the untrained person it's kind of scary. I I I don't know whether uh, I say this with respect. I I don't know whether he's having a mini stroke or I I I don't know what's going on. Uh, he he doesn't seem to be bothered by the very long awkward delay and then people have to usher him away. And I I I I don't know, but I mean that when that happens I start to think how in the world are you serving? How are you? How are you? I mean, with respect to him, and he, I think he's a, a smart guy and has good intentions. But I, I don't know. Is it time to raise your hand and say uh, that's enough? I mean, I admire him for trying to serve out his term, but I wonder the same thing about President Biden, and uh, uh, maybe a little less because his are just gaffes. But uh, I, I think he referenced Palestine, Ohio. Uh, with a sight of that train, that tragic train derailment with all the spilled chemicals. I, I think he referenced that as being on the other side of the world, thinking of, of Palestine, Palestine, sorry, Palestine, Ohio, and Palestine, the Palestinian uh, territory just, just adjacent to Israel. And, and I, I, I mean, I, I, I start to worry a, a little bit about, his efficacy in, in office. But then on the other side, we have the Senator from uh, Kentucky, Comey, I think is his name, Comer maybe. Yeah, I think it's Comer. And, and others who 
other Republicans who want to impeach the president for for various reasons. I mean, you know, it feels, you know, I know some of my friends are going to be angry at me for this, but it, it feels like for most any reason, you know, we'll, we'll take a reason, just, you know, give us a, show us the man, we'll find the crime kind of thing. And, and, and I, I understand that, you know, Hunter Biden is an interesting character and has done some things and, and I, I don't like it. Um, but I, I don't think there's evidence of a, of a connection to president Biden. And I, I know heads are exploding right now, but bear with me just for a moment. If, if there was a smoking gun bank account or money trail, and that's what you have to have here, whether, whether you like it or not, whether he, he participated in some conversations or not, and, and, and maybe he did. I guess he did. I guess the whistleblowers are saying he did. And the whistleblowers are saying there's, there's worse here. There, there's, there's more than that here. Well, if there is, then before, before impeachment proceedings start or initiated, we, we, we have to find, we have to have evidence. And, and, and the evidence needs to be, you know, sufficient. It can't be innuendo. It can't be, well, maybe. It can't be, yeah, we think Hunter might have been paid by somebody for something and Joe might have helped him. No, we have to have the evidence. We, we should not impeach presidents lightly, period. We shouldn't. Do I want Joe Biden to continue to be in office? Not really. No. I, I, think, I think this administration has made a mess of foreign policy. I think they've made a mess of the economy. I, 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 I think the border is out of control. I think, uh, I think a lot of things aren't, aren't going the way I would, I would hope that they would. I think he has embarrassing press conferences. I don't think he represents us well on the world stage. I think we've spent money on stupid things that he has initiated. I, I think there's rhetoric that is harmful to the best interest of our nation, both uh, from a foreign policy standpoint and domestically. I can go on and on. I don't believe for one second that this economy, that this Bidenomics nonsense talk is real. I, I think I think our economy is in a bit of trouble. And and I, I don't want to scare anybody, but but the Fed is apparently going to have to raise rates again in a couple of weeks when they meet. I want to say it's the 19th and 20th of September. Don't hold me to that. Check me on that. And 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 I, I think eventually the yield curve is going to de-invert. What I mean by that is long-term rates are going to go up. And, and you're going to see then, then, finally then, assets are going to reprice. Let me, let, me just, let me just tell you what's really happening. And I know I've talked about this in a recent episode about the economy. But I'm going to tell you why you're kind of mixed in, in terms of how the economy is going. So you've got the stock market rocking along in the, the Dow in the 34,000, 35,000 range. And you've got home prices kind of hanging on wherever you are. If you're in Florida, it's still a pretty hot market because of migration. You, I think you have that in Texas too. And you, you probably have it in you know Georgia, some places, North Carolina, South Carolina, it it just kind of depends on where you are, but if you're if you're up in the Northeast, oh, the market's not so great. If you're in the Midwest, well, inventory's starting to stack up. But but look, you don't have a lot of people selling houses because they don't want to go from their three or four percent mortgage to a seven and a half percent mortgage. So the people who are selling 
are generally not voluntarily selling. They're involuntarily selling in a, in, a, in some respects. That means that their job has changed or they're moving for a job or they're moving for a school district or they're moving for some reason. There's some other reason other than, hey, I think we'll sell our house. Well, hey, I think we'll sell our house is apparently the reason that a lot of people sell their houses. <laughs> a lot of people just, you know, want a different house. They, 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 want, a, they want a bigger house because their family has grown or they want a smaller one because they need to downsize for whatever reason. Well, you don't do that now in this rate environment if you have a lower rate mortgage. If you have a mortgage and it's, a, it's got a lower interest rate. And there are millions of Americans out there who have mortgages in the in the in the 2.8 or 9 whatever the low was percent range through about 4%. Lots of them. So you tell me why on earth you would voluntarily sell your house and and move your mortgage rate up to 7.4 or 5%. That's kind of where the average is right now from 3 to 4%. So there are some circumstances where that might make sense even on a voluntary basis, but, but you know, self-initiated is what I mean, you know, self-prompted basis is what I really mean by voluntary. I guess it's all voluntary, but why, why would you do that? You, you can afford so much less house. Why would you buy when you perceive that, that, that the market's slowing down, that, that you hear the fed rhetoric, you go to the grocery store I mean, that, that, that's, that's part of what's going on here, but here, there's more. What else is happening is realtors, and, and you know I love you guys, and got some dear friends who are realtors. I think you're, you're competent. I don't, I don't do a lot of realtor bashing. I mean, some of you aren't competent, but many are. And, 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 and I know you, you don't want to drop your prices, do you, when you have a listing? You want to get it right on the listing side. Well, I'm starting to hear anecdotally, even in Florida, uh, where there's a lot of in-migration, but I'm hearing it in other states too, where, where price drops are beginning to happen. You know, we priced it based on the comps and, and we can't sell it based on that number. Now, there's some art and some science in this. You know this if, you're, if you've sold a house or two. You, you, you know how it works. You're guessing. You're, you're operating in a range of value. Well, I, I'm sure you realize all of this. Every, probably everything I've said so far is kind of self-evident. But think about this for a moment. Where do your comps come from? Well, they come from sales over the last year. What was the market like during that year? Well, if you go way back for, for, for a full year, we, we were bidding. We were having bidding wars on Mondays. We were, give us your highest and best offer and 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 the house would they'd have an open house over the weekend and 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 you had a bidding war where houses were selling above asking price many times and and, and that goes back a couple of years so if you you can go back for a ways pulling comps and you're going to have kind of this this fevered this hot market from which to pull comps so it's going to take time as the market slows just the machine, the mechanism, the realtors, the sellers, if they're able, the sellers are going to drag their feet because they don't want to believe that they can't get the same price as their friends down the street or the average price in their neighborhood or the average price per foot in their town. 
or they've done special things to the house and they think they've added value and they're not getting rewarded for it and they're going to drag their feet and it's dragging out the number of days on the market. So if you look at days on the market in your town, you'll see it's going up. It's going to go up slowly because realtors want to be your hero. They've made, they listed the house. They want to help you. They, they genuinely care, the good ones. And they want you to get as much for the house as possible so they don't want you to go down too far too fast. So that's the process we're in right now. Asset repricing due to higher interest rates. And we, we can do algebra to show how, how that works. But asset repricing due to higher interest rates does not happen overnight. It is a process, not an event. And that's, that's what we're going through right now. If you watch over the next six months to one year, and, and we're getting close to too late for the election, but if you watch and you see this correction, you're going to see President Biden's popularity continue to plummet. If we continue to have to have interest rate, discount rate, Fed rate increases, then you're going to see him becoming less and less popular because America is drunk on debt, on consumer debt, $12 trillion. We talked about this before. $1 trillion in credit card debt. But this asset repricing does not happen overnight. If it did, the Biden administration would be bailing more water in their press, press room than they are right now. The other weird one is, is unemployment. That comes into play too. And we talked about that before. And employment is weird right now. It's, 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 we're all trying to figure out are companies going to allow people to work from home and, and some companies are closing their doors. And I think there's, I'll get this wrong, but I think there's a retailer called Tuesday morning that's shuttering a lot of stores, maybe all of them. I don't know, but you're starting to see layoffs and, and you're, you're just, you're just beginning to see it. Well, here's the problem. Lagging indicators uh, only happen, only get revealed to us after or during the negative event or the positive event. But in this case, the negative event occurs. So the data we get is based on activity that happened some time ago. It's kind of like dieting. I've noticed uh, when I change my diet and try to eat healthier to drop a few pounds, there's a lag effect, isn't there? You know that. I have to be patient through the lag effect because I'm seeing my food intake and exercise from a few days or even a week ago, today. Well, the same thing happens with employment and with, with housing and, and, and all the rest. Well, what in the world does that have to do with an election? Well, I'll tell you what. Elections are won and lost based on the economy. Now, uh, uh, Jimmy Carter proved this, and, and but he, but he but but he obfuscated the the situation, obfuscated the truth, because uh, you, you thought you would have thought it was the Iranian hostage situation that got him booted, and that had something to do with it. He was kind of a mess as a president all, all around, and 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 we don't need to litigate his administration here, but. But Carter should have learned and Ronald Reagan proved and George H.W. Bush should have learned by being a one-term president that the American people vote for its chief executive based on their wallet, based on the economy for the most part. Now, if we're at war, you know, there, 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 there are a number of other factors. It's not quite that simple, is it? 
but the but the primary if, if you read all the polls the, the the thing that is and you can go back years and years and years look at look at month to month quarter to quarter uh, election years non-election years and you'll see that what people care about most from the administration is what does this mean to my wallet well if you take an, an issue like immigration well, that's a wallet issue it's a quality of life issue it's a wallet issue there's there, there's some guy who escaped from a prison a few days ago who's who's an illegal immigrant and 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 uh, he's he's still on the run as of as of this moment and uh, they they've got a three mile area circled and he's popping up on on ring doorbells and and security footage and all that but you know so security and safety is certainly a concern with respect to uh, immigration but but really it's a it's a it's a wallet issue it's a it's an economic issue uh, lots of issues are not directly but indirectly economic issues even wars that we're in even our our support for example of ukraine my goodness we're we're authorizing another billion dollars and i this purpose of this episode is not to debate the merits of that but it just gives me pause are we are we really doing the right thing are we are we seeing to it that those weapons and monies are getting into the right hands and used for the right purposes? Uh, Ukraine just fired their the head of their their military over some impropriety over uniforms or something. I, I'm not sure what it was, but we just need to be careful. I mean, they're 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 I'll get in trouble for this one too, but they're kind of a banana republic in, in a way uh, with respect to the banana republics in South America and Central America. So what does this have to do with an election? Well, go back and think historically about, about uh, elections. John, John Adams lost a, a second term to a run for uh, president to uh, Thomas Jefferson, I believe. And I, I think that was the one where uh, Jefferson and Aaron Burr ended up fighting it out and and I think they were tied and I believe Congress had to vote and they had to vote a bunch of times and eventually Jefferson won by one vote. I, I think that's how that goes if I'm remembering the history correctly and I'm doing this from memory. Um, but but in any case, we, we've always had a, a bizarre uh, political environment in this country. And I, I don't know that they had any form of polling back then. There, there seemed to be kind of a, uh, an informal confidence. They they started to develop newspapers back then, so they certainly had, you know, I don't know if they even had political ads. I don't think they thought of it that way, but I, I think they did have you know, political editorials and, and, and the like. In fact, I know they did as, as far back as the Federalist Papers. But, but really, we didn't start the fire. Uh, the fire's been burning for a long time, as Billy Joel taught us. Um, and and here we are with this this Republican field, where I don't remember how many, but five or six are like neck and neck or ahead of President Biden in a head to head meeting, in a head to head election. And and so you have to wonder what's going to play out now. And there's lots of talk about this. President Trump, former President Trump, is indicted for all kinds of things, and yet. He's ahead of all the Republican candidates in, in primary polling. And yet, he also has the highest negatives 
among voters. And you have to look carefully at these polls. They cut them up by, you know, are these moderates or these swing states? Are they are they swing voters in other states? Are they are they uh, heavily affiliated with a party? You have to look at all that when you when you try to interpret the polls. But 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 in all the polls, I think uh, President former President Trump is ahead of, of these other folks. Well, I, I think what is happening there, and and again, please don't get angry with me, but I think what's happening there is, I believe that pollsters aren't that careful. I, I don't know that they can be, and I don't know where they get their lists, but but they. I, I believe they left, let people self-identify in the polls. I've been called a few times in the polls, and they don't seem to know a lot about me. And I, I think Democrats are supporting, directly and indirectly, Donald Trump's nomination because they know his negatives, the, the big negative percentage, and they think he'll be easy to beat in the general. And I, I, I know I sound like a conspiracy theory person, but... I, I really believe that's what's happening. That's the only way I can explain it. Because I, I anecdotally, not that I talk to the universe of Republican primary voters, I can't find anybody supporting him. I can find a few people, but, but not many. And so, and I, and I think there's this natural thing that's going on where he gets indicted, he goes to the jail and gets booked and, and there's this groundswell of support because none of us, although although we might not support him any longer as a as a candidate for president, none of us want that to, to to see the Constitution trounced underfoot. And that's exactly what is happening. I I I understand all of his weaknesses. I mean, I don't fully understand them, but I I know about lots of his weaknesses. I know that he runs his mouth too much. I know that he's petulant. I know that. Bill Barr said some negative things about him that I believe were true. I believe Bill Barr told the truth in his book. And, and I, I believe president Trump is, is, a is, is clumsy, is not a good executor, is hard to work for, is inconsistent, doesn't get things done, has good ideology, doesn't get things done and so on. But I still don't want to see our constitution violated. And I don't want to see, politics influencing the judiciary. And I think that's what's happening. Now, do I want Donald Trump to run for president? No. Do I want him to get the nomination for the Republican party? Absolutely. No. Would I ever vote for him again? No. However, I don't want to see him thrown in prison to, to make him ineligible to run as painful as it is to see him leading in the polls for the Republican primary, I want him to have the right to do that without being impeded by criminal or civil legal action. The civil part I can handle. That just happens with a visible figure like him, but not the criminal. Unless they can prove he committed a crime by doing something other than saying things that got people excited. I I just... I, I don't see any precedent for this and I want him to be able to run. And, and before we get to trusting God in these things, even, and, and it's hard to say that because I trust God. There's no, before I get to that in my life, but before we talk about that, even I don't believe he'll win the nomination. I think that 
theory of polling a year in advance of the of the Republican convention, six months in advance of the of the early primaries, I think it's kind of silly. I mean, I get why they do it, and I know it determines debate eligibility and funding and gets donors all excited, but I don't think it's indicative. And I know you can think of case after case of people who were way behind at this stage, including President Trump when he was running in 2015, 16, way behind at this stage. So there's, there's, there's a lot of change that will occur between now and then. And, and uh, I, I, I don't think uh, even good people who oppose him need to despair. Uh, I don't think he'll be nominated. I believe the nominee will be Ron DeSantis. And I understand all of his weaknesses. Not Well, again, I don't understand them all, but I know about some of them. And I know he's kind of cardboard-ish. Lacking charisma, they say. And I think at the end of the day, on these wallet issues, pocketbook issues, the economy... I don't think Americans care, and some do. I get it. Some of you do. But I think most people don't care how charismatic he is. It's nice to have somebody who can do a speech, and he, can, he does a good one. But he lacks charisma when he walks the little rope line and shakes hands. I'm okay with that. It doesn't matter one bit to me. I've got the charisma of shoe leather. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I might have a blind spot here, but... but DeSantis would make a great president. He governs well. He leads well. He does all the right things and says all the right things. And he works hard. He's up at a ridiculous hour. While President Biden's getting his last five hours of sleep for the night, DeSantis is working. I like him. He's measured. He's not going to be foolish with tweets like President Trump was. He leads well. He's principled. He's not afraid to have an opinion on social issues. He wasn't afraid to go after Disney. I think it was a dumb fight, but I admire his courage. I really admire the guy. His, his pedigree is flawless. He served in the military as an attorney. He's well-educated. He works hard. He's principled. He's a great family. He balances the budget of Florida. He works well with others, with legislators. He's just, a, I mean, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy has great teeth. Good, good for him and charisma. And he's, 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 he's a, a, a physical specimen when he works out with his wife. There's a video out there about that, showing that. He looks like he's a pretty good tennis player. Good for him. He hasn't, he hasn't been elected to anything. Hasn't led anything. He's a hedge fund guy. And, and, and maybe he, he doesn't have the scruples we'd like our president to have. I, I don't know. He's okay. There's, there's Nikki Haley. I, I, that, what a great thing for Republicans to nominate a woman. Maybe, maybe she could be DeSantis's running mate. There's Chris Christie, who's just angry. I, I don't know what that is. He's, he's, just, he's just ticked off all the time. Doesn't mind telling. He's an articulate guy. I'd, I'd like to have him in my corner if I was in court. He's smart. Very smart. I like Tim Scott a lot. What a great guy. <laughs> he and I agree on almost everything. But he's not going to get elected. 
he doesn't he doesn't have the the umph he doesn't have the support and really a senator doesn't have the same experience as an executive level person like DeSantis being governor that experience matters i mean my goodness did we not learn that we've had many opportunities to learn it jimmy carter comes to mind and donald trump comes to mind surely we could learn some lessons so so i think the republican will be Ron DeSantis, I'm, I'm not sure on the Democrat side, you know, we could have a scenario where Joe Biden just doesn't run, just drops out altogether. He can't run from his basement this time. His own party has negative polling against him. Gavin Newsom, pretty charismatic, looks like a president. Maybe that would work to Kimberly Guilfoyle's chagrin. I don't know. I mean, Gavin, what a disaster he is at his state. I, I, are we ready for somebody that liberal? You know, sometimes, I mean, the economy does matter. And, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, JFK Jr., he's, he's the best of the bad guys, kind of, in my mind. Maybe he runs. Uh, Kamala. I mean, she's not even on the first page when you when yes, Democrats who they want to run if Joe Biden doesn't run, she doesn't she doesn't quite make the cut. But I I really believe I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. That Ron DeSantis will be our next president in 2024. You can save this, you know, write this down, put it in your calendar. Mock me when he doesn't even win the nomination. <laughs> I, I I think he's going to. I, I think the silliness stops, the the noise stops, the the barbing, the twenty four hour news cycle, the all the pundits who get paid for analyzing polls and being on television and radio and on the internet. I, I think all that sort of starts to get serious at about this calendar year end, twenty twenty three year end, and in early twenty twenty four, I think you'll see. DeSantis rise to the top. I think he'll work tirelessly. I think he's he's been mocked for, criticized rather, for having a, a bad, a weak campaign. Well, I think he's adjusting as he goes. It's his first national campaign. And I don't think he's going to listen to the party bosses necessarily, but he's not going to be quite the renegade that Donald Trump was. I don't think Trump, Donald Trump, former President Trump, I should say, will even be a contender for the nomination. I think some of the folks I named, Republicans I named here, will will defeat him, several of them. Um, he's got loyal supporters, and, and I, I'll give you credit if you're one of them for being loyal. But he's he, he has good ideas but doesn't lead well. We, we cannot afford uh, four more years of him. So that's what I think is going to happen. I, I don't know whether President Biden will actually run or it looks like he might. I don't know about, you know, you've got health issues to think about. Um, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. But, but I, I want to I talk about something because when, if you've studied uh, U.S. history back to our, our founding, and I mentioned Jefferson and Adams, you know, we, we talk about our country as if it's a, it's a Christian nation. It is based largely on, on Christian principles. They're, 
there was there was a lot of talk of providence and and some were deists and 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 you know Jefferson in particular didn't like the miracles in the Bible and and, and you know he had, he had a very strange view on a number of things actually Thomas Jefferson's an odd dude with respect I say that but we we have really a country that hasn't really changed that much we've walked away from god in a lot of respects we've we acknowledge providence less the culture is more relativistic now but some of the themes remain the same and i i i have a reason i i can explain this i can explain why if you imagine an eternal timeline and you think about eternity past if you point your right arm out as far as you can point and look to your right and and you can imagine eternity past and you can you can see creation and you know that God existed in eternity past beyond that. And then you can walk through all of history and Old Testament, New Testament, and all, all the, you know, the advent of Christ and, and his, his death on a cruel cross and resurrection on the third day, ascension, and then, and then the apostolic period. And, and then if you know world history, you can walk through all that. Whether you think of wars or revolutions like the Industrial Revolution, the Computer Revolution, whatever, Maybe you've done Ancestry.com or one of those and you know your ancestors and you think of them. And and then eventually you get to your life and you can remember the decades if you're my age. If you're not this old, you can remember years and years of your life, even if you're young. A few years of your life you can remember. And then and then right next to your side is is yesterday. And then you're standing here right now at today, standing or sitting right where you are at this moment. And then on your left side is tomorrow, and you might think about your plans, and 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 you might think about uh, your your eschatology uh, when Christ returns, our our future glory in Him, and eternity in heaven. Uh, you might think about uh, something closer uh, to you might be uh, holiday plans, or there's always some uncertainty with these things. But you can look down the road and think about your plans, how long you might live, your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids and their lives, your, your your future posterity, I guess is the way to say it. And you might think about our country, the direction we're going in and what happens down the road, who knows. There are some milestones, some mile markers along the way and your eschatology, your your confidence in scripture will inform you on some of those things, the, the second coming of Christ and and our future glory with him forever. And and then you can kind of try to picture eternity future, like it goes on and on and on, and it just kind of fades off into the distance. My my point in mentioning that is is that God God is eternal. He he has not changed. He, he we're talking about in recent episodes his attributes. Well, his immutability is important, but but his essence, who God is, contrary to popular opinion in some evangelical denominations and churches today. God does not change. He, he, he does not acquire more knowledge as he goes along. He's not involved in this give and take relationship with us where he acquires more information. He's not sitting around wondering, what are those humans going to do? I know you know this. I, I know you, you, you understand this audience understands God's character. But, but li- listen to this one. God has never been surprised. I do not like surprises, even happy ones. I don't. I'm not. I'm not crazy about it. I. I. I, I guess it's my age. I, I just like predictability. I, I certainly don't like bad surprises. We used to talk at the bank about the fact that I don't want to be surprised at a board meeting by a banker who, 
says something that I hadn't heard and, 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 you know, could have told me in advance. I, I don't, I don't like that at all. So there's this character that God has, this consistency of essence that is hard for us to describe, but he is unchanging. If you look as far as you can look to your, to your right, to eternity past, and then turn and look to the left as far as you can possibly see in your mind, to, to eternity in both directions, God's essence is completely unchanged. He is not acquiring additional information or knowledge, and he's not surprised. His essence is consistent, is totally unchanged. And that is a beautiful thing. You know what that allows us to do? To rest in him and his faithfulness. He can deliver on his promises because he's unchanging, because his essence is consistent. That, that, is, that is just beautiful. Regardless of who our president is, regardless of, of, of how the election turns out, we can rest in that simple truth, that beautiful simple truth. So I I think of Acts, I want to close with this, Acts 17, near the end, I think it's around verse 24, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. We, we like to think that God needs us, that we fill a gap in God, that, that God was lonely, or that we complete him somehow, or that we fill something in him that he needs. So that, that's just not true. We don't. He is complete without us. He, he wants our worship. He, he expects our worship our adoration, all of those things. But he doesn't need us. The, the blessing is ours when we worship, not his. We're the ones who are blessed. And that's another conversation for another day. But in the context of elections, we can rest in him as a result of all of that theology that I just summarized very quickly. We can rest in him and vote for Ron DeSantis. No, I'm kidding. I do want to support him. I, I, I don't care about the, uh, the, the negative op stuff that will be uncovered and, you know, the dragging him through the mud for being boring or whatever. Um, the guy is, the guy's rock solid and he's a thinker. And I think he'd be good for our country. Is he perfect? No, no, I'm not campaigning for him. I'm not, I don't know, a sign in my yard. We can't have him in our neighborhood anyway, but I, I just think he'd be a good president and I'm, I'm open to changing my mind between now and November of 24, but it, it sure looks like it to me. Like he's a, like he's a rock solid guy relative to two other candidates. And uh, so I, that there's my prediction and uh, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. I appreciate the, your forbearance today. I'm thankful for, uh, we walked through a little bit of history with Jefferson and Adams and, uh, talked about the election and and God's eternality. Uh, those things all go together. This uh, Relentless Truth podcast is um, it, it focuses on truth throughout uh, across all disciplines. And so, uh, thank you for 
for listening. Please like, share, review, and subscribe to Relentless Truth. You know you can find us wherever you get your podcast. Don't hesitate to send along a note using our contact form on our website, which is johnwarrenmedia.com, or send an email to john at johnwarrenmedia.com. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Relentless Truth with John Warren. Please consider sharing this podcast and subscribe to receive future episodes. Connect with John regarding your comments, questions, and show ideas through johnwarrenmedia.com or at John Warren Media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's all for this episode. Join us next week for another edition of Relentless Truth with John Warren.